Okay, so I saved that as a separate file. Um, so, you know, what I'm gonna do is have foundation part one, foundation commentary, Alexander Bedward, and foundation part two. So let's go into foundation part two, reading still about Alexander Bedward from yesterday's read. A Jamaican version, all right, so let's go back a little bit since probably there's a split between the two, the book part and, you know, all right, so the city noise, let's, let's go back a little bit. I'm gonna go back about two paragraphs. Reading Groundation. Okay. The city noises evaporated once Nelson and I reached the campus at Mona and the rum shops Rum Shop soundtrack was replaced by croaking tree frogs and night winds. Yeah, can I can feel that. On a whim, I asked Nelson to drive by another favorite place of mine before we went home. The ruins of a church that once belonged to a visionary preacher named Alexander Bedward. Ah, with Marcus Garvey undertones, with Malcolm X undertones. I mean, this man probably is a is a, is a forerunner for even the American civil rights movement because Marcus Garvey is referred by people like Malcolm X and even Martin Luther King and many people to this day. But nobody knows Alexander Bedward as much as they know about Marcus Garvey. And not as much know about Marcus Garvey as, as they know about Malcolm X and the others. But see, Alexander Bedward and she's going to his church up Mona side here. Anyway, up in Augustown side. I need to reach out to Kai Milano. Actually, we're going to reach out to him about this book. i got to read that Augustown book. Interesting. Anyway, so, belong to a Virginia preacher. It stood in a grove of ackee trees just off a sandal lane in Augustown. Hence the book Augustown. The working class settlement close to the working class settlement close to campus, and I had often seen the white robe, bedardite women walking up Mona Road to the church on Sunday mornings when their hymn singing would ring through Augustown. I wanted to see the church by moonlight and to remember the revivalist shepherd who had prophesied the fall of Jamaica's white aristocracy. He was one of the long succession of apocalypse apocalyptic souls driven mad by this country's sorrows. A Jamaican version of Swick's Ghost Dancer. He was a contemporary, in fact. Bedward started having his visions in 1891, long before the, the, the authorities locked him up in Bellevue, Kingston Mental Asylum. In a dream, he saw the black wall shall crush the white wall, and his Baptist fellow followers took his prophecy to heart. So did the police who jailed him. But Bedward celebrated his release in 1920 by vowing to fly. So he was locked up from 1891 to 1920. That's nine and 29 years. Wow. He would take to the skies on the last day of that year from the branches of one of the Aki trees in Augustown churchyard, he was going home to Africa. And if his flock kept their feet, they would follow him home as well. By the, times, by the time Bedward's fame had spread to the rest of the English-speaking Caribbean and through the Ameri 
Central American countries where Jamaican laborers had migrated. By that time, Bedward's fame had spread to the rest of the English-speaking Caribbean and through the Central American countries where Jamaican laborers had migrated. Many believers came from as far as Panama to watch him fly. When his wings failed to sprout, the police locked him up again, this time as a madman in Kingston Bellevue's asylum. He died there 10 years later, but his congregation endured. Do I comment here so I keep going? Let me keep going. Nelson and I stopped at the Moon Lake churchyard. He said it was fitting for us to be remembering Bedward since they had to mark the 150th anniversary of emancipation in Jamaica and the founding of Augustown itself by newly freed men and women. The island's post-emancipation issue was Nelson's own specialty, and he loved to talk about that period. But he was also a witty and scathing observer of the contemporary scene. He earned his doctorate at Oxford, and he came home with a repertory of stories about what it had been like to be brown-skinned Jamaican in the mother country. He told them with his best dry humor, but they were always about pain. So he told his repertory in his best dry humor, but, he, but they were always about pain. One day when he was working in the British Museum, he queued for a bus and accidentally brushed against a white landada in the line. The man promptly swung around and called the Café Alat Nelson a black, bas black bastard. My friend, Nelson replied, not missing a beat. My mother is in Jamaica, would weep her tears to hear you call her lovely brown son black. Okay. I was, I was slow catching on to the torturous complexity of Jamaica's racial consciousness. Although race was high on the country's agenda that fall because of the observation, observances surrounding the 150th anniversary of freedom, these ceremonies made a lot of people uncomfortable, mainly the light-skinned few whose ancestors were the master class I realize that class itself, not color, is one of the safe categories in which Jamaica's, Jamaicans frame discussion about the gap between the skin shades. Because that overwhelming majority of is, is black, point-blank discourse about race is often too threatening to the fragile order of Jamaica's establishment and its prevailing fiction of a plural society. Interesting. Interesting. It's very, very interesting. And, and, and the reason why I first stopped here is because I usually, I, I, and it, as an adult, I really start to rethink and see how hypocritical I was growing up, you know. Either hypocritical or idiotic or dunce. But I usually go up and say things like, man, we don't see race in Jamaica. I didn't know racism until I came to Canada. I, 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 we grew up with many one. And then looking back, I realized I was, 
And I would say it was classism. If you got money, no matter what, your color, your da-da-da-da-da-da. But in looking back and reflecting and playing back my life, I realized that we were steeped in racism in Jamaica. Steeped in it is just that when you're observing it from the majority class, not the minority class, it seems different. It's different when you're in the minority here in Canada, but in Jamaica, it's different, but it's still racism. The majority is not the leader class there. It's just the majority class. And so you tell yourself that while you're the majority and not the leader class is because we don't practice racism here. Because in your mind, that's how you, 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 you reconcile it. That while you're the majority, you're still not in the leadership. So it's how you reconcile it that you're not enslaved, that you're not, you're not less than. Wow. Wow. Okay. okay. I get it. I get it. Mine, mine, mine is kind of opening up. But I'm going to reread what she says. These ceremonies made a lot. The ceremonies are celebrating the 150th. Blah, blah, blah. Freedom shit. These ceremonies, and the reason why I said that is that free people bodies, but the mind still enslaved. Uh, forget it. I mean, I met Ruben Carter. Yes, I met Hurricane Carter. Can I, I have a picture? I have his card right here. I'm going to touch his card while I'm saying this. Take it out of my wallet. I laminate it. Laminate means that I, I, I wrap it up in, 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 in transparent tape. And Here's the card. I say I'm going to touch it. I'm, I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do. Not because I'm not being recorded. A touching Innocence International Inc. Dr. Rubin, R-U-B-I-N Carter, LLD, founder slash CEO, phone 416, da-da-da. Well, it's past now, so I can read it out. And then the back have his cell phone number that he written on the back of it. Right? And on the front, Innocence International Inc. with her, look like an angel, a lady, the lady of justice, I guess, angel of justice. All in the scales, balance of scale and two doves, I think, or something on either side. I don't know. In a sense, so I met Dr. Carter, and he, he spent 37 or 27 years in American prison for a crime he didn't do. The book, the, 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 the story was turned into a movie and acted by the great Denzel Washington. And Denzel Washington actually won an Oscar Award doing Ruben Carter's um, life story. And I remember when I talked to Dr. Carter, we, we were on a flight going back to Jamaica. That's how we met and we were chatting in Miami. And apart from the fact, why I admire Dr. Carter, why I said this is that he, he always said in his speeches that they could uh, imprison his body, but they could not imprison his mind. He refused to let his mind be imprisoned. And that is so profound because what people don't understand is that that is it, you know. That is, that is it 100%. When you hear um, Mark Zuckerberg talk about augmented reality, is your mind. Nobody worried about your body anymore. Nobody cares about your body. They already win 
the battler don't even care about your body. Keep your body. It's your mind they want because your mind will be your reality. Once you can imprison the mind in reality, you are imprisoned no matter how free your body is. And that is what Dr. Carter said. He would never let him imprison his mind. So he was never truly a prisoner. And, you know, that's why I kind of vergated when they talk about 150 years of freedom. Freedom of what? Freedom for what? From where? Today, they're, 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 it looks like they're going to have a brown or a person of color um, prime minister for the first time in Britain. And all we got there, you had Johnson resigning, uh, being told to get set down from the party. Then you have Liz Truss, who brought in Kwame Quartegs. And Kwame Quartegs is a black man as our chancellor. We have Chancellor S. Checker, which means the man who controls the money, Ministry of Finance, the big man, the money man, governor. And he came in with what they call a mini budget, and the mini budget, according to them, the reaction to the mini budget, crashed the British economy. Listros fire Kwame Carter, the black man. A couple of days later, clearly the damage to the ship was more than a firing could fix. So she herself had to be jettisoned by the party. So Liz Truss resigned as the Prime Minister of England, having creating a record for herself as the shortest ruling Prime Minister in Britain's history. And now the Conservative Party, they have to now re-elect a leader. The leader being the man who was, oppo was opposing the black man, quasi Quartex, um, economic plan. A guy named something, something, Rushi Sunak. Rushi Sunak. Rushi Sunak is, uh, in quotes, Indian origin. So you have folks now saying, oh, we got a person of color being the first prime minister for Britain. Karosa Sunak is now going to be, is, lead, is leading as the nominee for the Labour, for the Conservative Party. The young lady that was going to contest, she pulled out and <laughs> you guys think Donald Trump is an idiot. Donald Trump is smart. No, listen me, listen me, listen me. Don't jump down my throat yet. If you guys think America had problems in Donald Trump, you see that Boris Johnson guy is a mad ass man. He's an idiot. Boris Johnson is like a toenail of Donald Trump, but the worst toenail. I tell you, I'm telling that Boris Johnson is a mad. Donald Trump act like him mad with reason. Boris Johnson just mad <laughs> and trying to act. That scene. Who tell this man that he can be kicked out of a, a position and his privilege present to him that because this Rusnik guy who is of color 
might become the next prime minister. He needs to go now save the empire. That's what they're thinking. But what they don't understand is that there is a secret hand on the scale. And I'm not, I, I, I want you to put out my position on the hand on the scale of events of this world. Rushnik needed to be. And Boris Johnson will not be, cannot be. Right? Is this because he's not in the plans, he's not in the future plans. He's a Boris, he's a, he's a rush, he's a, he's a Shunak is in the plans. And how that plan is going to play out, I won't even, that's, that's a totally different situation. All right? Won't get into it. I'll let Joe Rogan figure that out for you or, or Russell, Russell, Russell Brand or Dan Lemon or whatever one name, the, 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 the cheese, what name? I got fired from CNN. Kumo, Kumo guy, let Kumo do it. Andrew, I don't even know what Kumo is. Let them and their big brain figure it out and explain it to you guys. I just, the messenger, the messenger. The messenger, that's what I'm going to call this. I'm going to call it Roots. Roots messenger. Yeah, blah. Messenger Roots. Roots, the messenger. Roots messenger. Messenger. Yeah, what the heck? Forget about it. So let's go about this bedward guy and all of that. So the charisma part is where I, I touching on though. How I would talk about you know Jamaica's um oh 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 I, I was talking about the fact that I grew up in a racist community society. I didn't know it because I simply was seeing it from the orientation of being at the majority in that society is when I come to Canada and I brag and boast, but I never grew up in a racist society. Looking back now, I realize that it's just a different orientation at the time. So she's absolutely right, Lauren Guns. Absolutely right. This ceremony made a lot of people uncomfortable, mainly the light-skinned few whose ancestors were the master class. I realize that class itself, not color, is one of the safe categories in which Jamaicans frames discussion with the gap of the gap between the, the, the skin shades. Because the overwhelming majority is black, point blank discourse about race is often too threatening to the fragile order of Jamaica's establishment and its prevailing fiction of a plural society out of many one people. It's fictional. So the bitter fact that color itself is what most often consigns many people to poverty is obscured by polite British-inspired talk about the evils of class system and the illusory ease which, it, which lovers choose partners of a different shade simply to mask a deeper racism. Yeah, these couplings are possibly not because race is not an issue, but for exactly the opposite re reason. The darker partner knows that the child born of a union with a light, lighter lover or spouse will have a better chance in, of life. In life, Jamaicans have not relinquished their preference of bright, in quote, skin, good, in quotes, ear, and white featured faces. True talk. True talk. So let's, let, as I talk about the charisma situation in Jamaica, I 
realize and just reading this thing you know and just going through this right now as i sit here is having a confirmation of just how naive i have been and probably still is i am one of the masses i am one of the minions that they fooled us and tricked me into believing that i lived in a plural society in jamaica out of Minnesota. and i go around and tell people this bullshit but there's a truth in this there's truth in this and it happened to this day and it's not even slowing down it's not even slowing down so when people it's not slowing down it's taking different forms but it's not slowing down all right so well i'm gonna leave it at that um but i want to talk a little bit though about how we talk about these charismatic leaders in jamaica who lead the people and sometime after wonder after later after wonder is it that we have charismatic leaders that Jamaica is uniquely able to, 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 to produce charismatic leaders. Marcus Garvey, Bedward, and whoever else. Mike and Manley. Um, Tiaga to some extent. Or is it that the people in Jamaica, our society, is gullible? That we are on... And, 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 I, and, I, and right now, I'm, I'm dealing with a place I own up in Red Hills, and the people, the, the smarter ones know how to take advantage of the duncer ones. It's so easy, and, 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 and the things that they do is not even masked in any complexity. It's simple deception they deceive each other with, and it boggles the mind that people don't call out people on different things. They're just, okay. And I'm like, they're screwing you. Come on. This person's, you know, is, is... So we have a lot of trust. And the more, the lighter the skin is the source. And the more foreign the accent, or the more eloquent, or the more charismatic is, the more likely that person will be followed. If the person can come up with a, a jingle, something catchy to say, people follow it. And the more they say it and the louder they say it, people follow it. You know, I remember meeting with a, a, a leader of a party here in Canada, the NDP. Her name is Andrea Horvat. A guy named Wayne Gates, who is a member of parliament, introduced me to her. And she was the leader of the party, still is, I think and one of the opposition, opposition provincial parties here. And is it provincial? She's, no, she's federal. She's the opposition leader for the federal party. I think the provincial, no, she's provincial. The leader for the federal is Jagmeet Singh. Right. And the leader for the provincial is Andrea Horvath, I think. Yeah. So, anyway, um... I met her and she was going to have a meeting up by Tim Martins there. And when I went dry, just me, she, and just my, myself, her, and um, Wayne, and uh, her handlers, you know, uh, media folks, and probably this, this well dressed young man and this not so badly dressed young lady who, you know, you can see that they are university students handling politics. And we're talking about the fact that people don't come out 
to do his things in Canada. It doesn't seem the you know, election. Shoot, today is election day. As I'm saying it, I didn't even remember. Today is the 24th. Today is election day in Canada. Here, as I'm saying this. <laughs> Which is indicative of what I'm saying. Nobody knows or cares when it's election. If I have to go vote today, actually. Damn. You have to go vote today. Today I'm going to vote. Good thing I'm going through this iteration. I won't have remember that I need to go vote today. Damn it. Yeah, so we're talking about the fact that nobody, that, that elections in Canada are so silent, so, so uneventful. Nobody cares, seems to care, and it's such an impactful thing on people's life, you know? And she said, you know, yes, and she makes reference to Jamaica, how from her observation is that something to effect that you can't just be walking one day, decide you're going to keep a, 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 a rally, stand up on a podium, start speaking, and before you say who that, it's filled with people listening to you. And she's saying that's what she noticed in Jamaica, how passionate we are about our politics and how, you know. And I was, I was, I was agreeing, saying that's how we are. We're very passionate and we're very much into our politics. But anyway, I need to wrap this up because I really need to go vote today. Because I promised my friend, the mayor, that I'm going to vote for him. Um, he calls himself Crackett and they call me Tubbs. So we are like the Miami Vice here, color thing. No, uh, someone said, oh, you sound like an Uncle Tom. I was saying to my wife yesterday, <laughs> more like an Uncle Ruckus. <laughs> anyway, no, I'm not that. I'm not that. Trust me. The other day, actually, <laughs> me and this guy kick off. When he realized when he realized that I'm not one of his um the minions that he alright, this guy is something else. He wants to be impactful in the city. So he's building up building blocks to get there. And we're doing a project together, and I'm doing part of the project because I want to be a part of the project, because I think it's exciting to do the radio station. To do a radio station, right? I I mean I'm getting to play around with master boards or whatever boards broadcasting boards and you have this nice mic coming down into your mouth into your face and you feel like you're dennis hall on the or, or barry g on the boogeyman on the you know you feel it you're getting to go through those iterations that you only see on tv you know when you used to watch um whatever movies with wkrp whatever you know so i'm part of it for that reason then he starts this thing called a Cyber Alliance Group. Pulls me into it as Director of Communication. Then he's talking on the Zoom call about a group of lions, a new lions chapter or charter, who are unable to pay the dues. And we're going to pay it for them. He has volunteered to make to, to get the dues for them. And that other is going to... And he's working on it. And, and I'm thinking, this guy is broke. He, this, this charter that he has created here is in a broke-ass town. <laughs> and he's saying, talking about this charter, oh, in Uganda. This charter in Uganda that he's, going, he's sponsoring because they can't afford. He's, he's, he's planning to get sponsors for because they can't afford the, the fees to pay their dues. 
I'm thinking, why wouldn't the Lions just not fork out the dues then? <laughs> if, you know, if the charter is so important. Then the other day, he comes about going to Uganda. He's going to Uganda. He got invited to Uganda. And I'm thinking, it's going to cost them to bring it to Uganda. Why don't they use that money to pay for the dues if it's so important and you keep your ass in Canada and leave the freaking people in Uganda alone because you're not going to go down there and help you one freaking bit more than you're going to come back and spurt the bullshit about Africa and the continent and how the countries there. You probably won't even know the difference between the continent and the countries, but you're going to come and spurt one bag of bullshit because he's the type of guy, at least I do a podcast to hear my voice all day, He's the type of guy that will invite you to a Zoom call and for 15 hours him talk. He, he, he invited him to this thing called Lion's Lair um, on Sunday nights. And the guy just talked. He just droned on and on and on and on. He wouldn't give anyone else a chance to say a word. If he say a word, then his opinion has to be heard. So you just leave it at that. And it takes a while to finish his opinion. So... This guy, the Africa thing was probably the last straw for me because he's, he's very bad of you. But this guy now, I don't know, putting out this, you know, just, he's doing this thing simply because he says he wants to run for council. If it wasn't this election, it would be the next, but he wants to run for council, so he wants name recognition. He wants people to, rem to remember him. So he started a soup kitchen. He's, he's taking the long road to the office. He probably might actually run straight for mayor. We'll see. Because he's a talker. He talks very eloquently or very convincingly to people who don't know better. So I can imagine him talking to those poor souls in Uganda. <laughs> right? Since you want to put it that way. And they're, oh, this sounds like an eloquent white man. And he's like, yeah, I can come down to Uganda and I bring down some computers for you. Blah, 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 blah. And they're like, okay, yeah, let's bring him in, bring him in, bring him in, bring him, let him. We can't pay for dues, but we can pay to bring him to Uganda and put him up. And he's he's great man. He'll be he's he's uh, uh cousin. Right? <laughs> he must be related. He's so he's so he's so he's so powerful. This man is like, no disrespect, but this man. He's an ex-drug addict, man. And he's going down to Uganda. Then he's talking to me. And no disrespect, he has to be rich. But then he comes to me the other day about dues. And I said to him, listen, I'm doing all this because it's a long story, but I keep doing things for him. And what I realize is that if he sees that he's not going to be able to have control over it, total control, he deprograms. And you waste your time. And I keep doing these things for him. So just recently, I did a schedule for him. He's been on my case, and he loves to call you into the studio. He doesn't want to do a much. He does a lot over the phone, but just as much. He, when can you come to the studio? I need to talk to you. You're talking to me now on the phone. He's not going to say anything any different. He's not going to be more productive in person. Jeez. Right? Just get it out. And, but it's his way of power. is very controlling. So... It's a power play for him to get you to come into the studio with and sit down and talk with him. So, which is, the, the studio is dusty, dirty. It's not up and running properly. Every week you go, there is more crap there. And apparently the crap is in transit to be crap somewhere else. 
So I don't even know. It's like it's a circle. It's like it's an illusion. It's a facade. He's holding up the student this thing to something to get funding, get people's interest. But he doesn't really have a vision for the service that that can give. It's more vision for the influence that he can build for, build for himself, in my opinion. That's my observation. So, and he's a left, full half left. So, nothing wrong with that. I'm more center and more lean to the right. When I say lean to the right, I mean more conservative. I would think in terms of business, the politics and all of that. And the politics to some extent, but in terms of business, right? I don't, you know, I think, anyway, I don't think the harder you work is the more you should lose. And that's what had, had, had reached me, why is one of the reasons I back off. The harder you work is the more you should, and I don't think the less you put into society means the more you should get. And I, in fact, I don't think the less you put in society, the less you should get either. No. I just think that you shouldn't get more just because you're putting in less. <laughs> that's, what, and that's what I see happening in Canadian society, and not the left. Right? The less you put in is the more you get. Right? It's simple, and, and, and that's uncontestable. <laughs> you understand me? Because I see it. So anyway, um, what I'm saying now. So, this guy. So we're having a discussion on this Uganda thing. I just keep talking about, once here, have you been down to Uganda? I'm like, no, Uganda, Jamaica. Have you been over to Spain? Have you been over to Europe? Have you been over to, 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 to Italy, to Poland? When last were you in Ukraine? Um, how things, uh, you know, Ukraine is at war. Have you been to Ukraine, white man? No? Well, Uganda, no. All right? How is your family in Ukraine? Oh, you're not from Ukraine. I thought every white person had something to do with Ukraine. Sorry. Well, not every black person has something to do with Uganda. Duh. Right? <laughs> so, and we love Uganda, you know. My, my sister actually is living in Nairobi, Kenya, which is... Not Uganda, but much closer than here in Canada is to Uganda. Anyway, so um, I said, no. Um, then he goes on. He started talking. So we had a little thing about the left versus right at one point. Where he was talking bullshit on me. Well, I tell him, say, I, I rather to know that you think I'm shit. That so I know to move around you. Than for you to pretend that you don't think I'm shit. And try to get me into your confidence. Disarm me only to stab me in the back. I don't like that. So I prefer to see who you are a mile away. I more trust people who are outwardly racist than covertly racist. Apparently that was a bomb I had. A grenade I had. I didn't even realize I had pulled the pin and throw over his side of the fence. So he was chewing about that from then. So the other day talked about and Uganda again and he was talking about oh going to Uganda is almost you know and he's talking about being like Alex Trebek and I was like I don't know much about the Trebek guy but still it sounds like you're saying this guy go down to Uganda to, to Africa Africa according to him and make a bit make it a better place or do some philanthropic work. So that's what he was alluding to. So, uh, so you know and he want, just wanted to help. So I say, if you really want to help Africa, you know, I really want to help the people in Uganda. Just don't go to Uganda. Stay here in Canada. Don't go there. They don't need you there. I mean, what are you going to go there to do to help Uganda? 
Yeah, then the money that they're gonna spend to take it to Uganda, forego the trip and use that money to pay for the fees that you talk about, dude. I mean, isn't that common sense? So he started getting a little wet under the neck. And um, then he had audacity to ask me to pay my fees for this organization that he pulled me in without my consent. So I said to him, so listen, <laughs> you clearly don't put any value on my contribution. So you're either going to pay that fee yourself or work it out. So he got wet. He got quiet for the first time. And because um, I'm going to be putting all this into this situation and then you talking about flying down to Uganda. Frankly, and my dollar. You, you lick your head. So, you know, because I just spent hours putting together this. What pisses me off is that I had just spent hours, days researching and hours putting together the, the schedule, the program schedule, the draft program schedule. And when I sent it to him, like every other thing that I sent to him, when he wants it, 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 it's pounding you. When he gets it, and you say, hey, did you get that two days later asking, hey, I sent that thing to you, I didn't, oh yeah, yeah, I'm with my wife by the golf course now, you know, she got her job back at the golf course, so we just picked up a few free rounds, but I'm going to look at it once I get home. All right. All right, I'll hope you fix up your time so you have enough time to pack for Uganda. So I know I sound a little way, but I'm sick and tired of people making it look like when they go down to Africa, or go across Africa, or go up to Africa, actually, um, it's not for themselves. It's not for they, it's not their feel-good thing. You know, it's not it's, it's like as if they really care about the individual human who is not like them. They do not. A lot of them don't. No disrespect. And Lori Guns, I know you're not, you, you don't look like us, so to speak. And I put it in quote. Although mad white Jamaican would say differently. But just in general, fighting against this whole plural society that we start to grow up in. But at the end of the day, let's just, I mean, Fat people, skinny people, you know, um, good-looking people, ugly people. For what that word? Um, I wouldn't say left-handed and right-handed people, but I'm just trying to say, people deal with people based on differences. Your difference is sometimes what people first see about you because clearly that's what they see. It's your contrast with your existing environment that makes you who you are, manifesting in a physical being. You don't look like a wall. Your face is smoother and have a contour around it, which is different. So the differences in people is human. Accepting that there's differences in people is human. What I have an issue with is using your leverage, your position, of whatever you're, uh, you have been in to, to, to demean, to hold back, to belittle, to manipulate someone else because of the difference.
Be good, man. Be good. I have people darker skinned than me who piss me off because they do shit. They will do the, me, the, the manipulated you know, underhanded things. And I'm pissed at them because of the underhanded things that they do. So the point I'm making is it's not because the person is darker because we have different shades. I'm, I'm a dark-skinned yard man. I'm a black man. It's the demeaning shit that the person do. Yeah, you have people lighter skinned than me who do me nothing but shit also. Nothing but crap. Take and, 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 you, and leverage. It's funny. The person who is darker skinned than you will try to leverage. Brother, we are brother, brother, brother. I on the same hue, on the same skin color. Brother, brother, brother. So the leverage that to disarm you, so to speak, because you're a brother, we're a brother. We, 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 under, we are all part of the system of, of corruption and, and oppression. And trust me because nobody else do. And they don't trust me because of the color of my skin, just like you. All right, I'm going to trust you. Then you fuck me over. <laughs> right? Liar, that liar. You know we're talking that I signed a 30-day contract from March, and we're now in October accepting an offer to purchase a property I have in Jamaica within 30 days, cash, person send the cash. The buyer, ironically, is from Canada, coincidentally, send this cash, all this cash in US dollars to his lawyer in Jamaica. It's now October and I still haven't smelled that cash. My title is tied up. And the reason why this lawyer got the business from me was because I said to a realtor, I've been giving so much business to this lawyer in Jamaica who is Chinese Jamaican and she's an awesome lawyer. But I said I want to give some of the business to people who look more like me also so I can spread it around, spread the wealth around. Because I've given so much business to this lawyer and she's a great lawyer. And I pray that when she, if she ever hear this podcast, if it ever become of something, she understand that I respect her. I'll tell you this, anybody wants to do conveyance in Jamaica, Call me. I'm putting you on to this Chinese Jamaican lawyer. She's awesome. That's if she not cuss me off by now. But she's awesome. If I send an email to her at 3.30 in the morning, hoping that she's sleeping and hoping that she won't pick up and respond till probably 12 o'clock the next day uh, or, or 1 o'clock the next evening, by 3.33, she's responding in the morning. AM, I'm like, geez, you're just making me look bad now. And she's responding thoroughly, point by point. So some of the time you feel like she's just by the book too much. But honestly, you stick with her for the most part, you stay out of trouble. And she's very efficient and she don't watch your money. I give business, so I, uh, in January, I'm in Jamaica, February, March, looking at a property, decide to sell one of my property. The, the realtor, stupid thing, just all emotions rolling up and down. And... Um, got an offer to buy, buy this property that overlooks the ocean on the north coast and um, accept the offer 30 day closing cash US dollars all right so to the, the realtor you know um, you know I've been thinking that I need to give someone of color from an African background more of the business someone who looks like me Oh yeah, man, I know this young lady, this girl, 
you know, finished law school a couple years ago. She also was a realtor. She knows this thing. She's been doing good. I've been selling her business. She, she, she'll knock the ball out of the court for you. Perfect. Bring her on the phone. She comes on the phone and she's acting all nice. The nicest thing since sliced bread. I explained to her, I said, listen, my lawyer that I deal with, actually, I deal with her boss. Her boss and I worked at a law firm in Kingston for a couple of years. He also, we also have the same high school alma mater. He's one of Jamaica's top-notched, most recognized conveyance lawyer. He left that law firm and he's now a partner, named partner in another law firm where actually one is a cousin of a former prime minister, one I know very well as a leading commercial lawyer who actually was, was head, I remember when she was heading the whole Makala group and um, something another group, the Matalan groups, when they were doing their, 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 their changes, the name changes, C.D. Alexander, I can't remember, but changing some names back in the days. And my lawyer, and his, and my actual lawyer, and his prodigy, who is a Chinese Jamaican lady, is top-notch lawyer in Jamaica. So I don't have a lawyer problem, but I want to spread the business around to somebody else. Spread it out. So he introduced me to this young lady and I explained to her that I can get that liar anytime I we, we, I'm, 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 I'm more or less very, very satisfied with her. No problems with her, but I want to give this young lady a chance. Young lady was very happy and she was very, um, um, she seemed very appreciative and we talked on the phone. I remember me and my wife were in Jamaica. We were actually driving to the South Coast at that time. So we were going through Brownstone side Oh, shoot, my phone is ringing. Who is this calling? I will call you back, sir. Let me turn this down. Uh, I, how do I turn this down? Okay, I will call you back. Let me just turn that down so it doesn't ring anymore for now. Right. So, we're driving from the North Coast. We had our home in the North Coast. We're driving through Brownstone, I remember. I didn't even know these areas. Going through Frank, Frank, Frank Field down round come up to geez oh went through kendall kendall where they had the, the famous kendall train crash came through kendall and come down didn't even know these roads i was last even till right now i'm last even in my head i'm last and we'll get down to alligator pond way where we stayed down by uh, Calabash Bay, Calabash Bay, down by Treasure Beach. We went up to, to, um, to Lover's Leap, fly around Madrone a little bit. Went to look at a piece of land I had bought down that side. Um, in, in, um, that was the first piece of land I had ever bought in Jamaica. Piece, no, second actually. Actually third, but it was the first piece of land I bought while I was away. I had bought this piece of land out in Southfield. Another story on that one. And um, went to look at that, fly around my drone there. And um, while we're driving down there, that's when I spoke to the lawyer on the phone. And she was all nicey-nicey. Got the deal together, accepted the offer on March 23, 30-day closing cash. She as she be immediately became unavailable. I realized that I'm getting emails from people in her office who I didn't even meet you know, miss this, miss that. And I'm like, that's not the, my lawyer. Why is this person writing me? 
I sent a message to my lawyer is this lady who is not even a lawyer. She's not even a paralegal responding to me. So it's like she just go and pick up this girl because it's Montego Bay, the officer. Pick up this lady and some, from some place. And when I investigate the lady or Facebook, she's one of those girls who just models on, um, on, on flyers. She's a flyer model, you know, um, champagne and wet, wet body um, dance down by so-and-so car wash on Saturday night. And you see her, her ass in a thong with champagne spraying on her ass. And she's the person who's angling my, 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 my conveyance matter. What the heck? You understand me? Not the lawyer that I spoke with on the phone. Not the, this lawyer that my agent, this real estate agent, said all the great things about. And, all right, so that's that. So we start off with some problems. Timing for money. They say it was COVID to get the, the, the deposit, da 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 But the buyer sent the entire cash, he's from Canada. I know the buyer right now. The buyer sent all in cash, the full amount of money, plus pay the lawyer in Jamaica in advance for the deal. Cause he's a restaurant owner here in Canada, in Toronto. Because I do my research, I know to find people. I hope that don't be used against me. I do my research, but I don't know to find people. <laughs> so anyway, the gentleman who owns a restaurant here, but and saw, he saw my piece of land, and because I had flown my drone around to so the realtor used my photos. The realtor didn't take one photo. The realtor used my photos, and my photos sold the land. <laughs> right? Realtor still getting his five percent, you know. Mark you. But it's a black man like me, so I'm looking out for him, right? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Now, I even did, I had actually withheld my title and said, keep it on my house until I know that they have stamped the documents, did all the assessments, stamped, paid the stamp duties and everything. And now the, the document is supposed to go to title's office. So the document, everything delayed, delayed between money. Did it go to the title's office until I think June, July? Usually it takes two weeks to register. Less than two weeks. This was June, July. Now we are now, so we have March, June, July. We are now in October. So June, July, August, September, October. Still haven't got my money because when they sent it to the title's office, so I, I tell her, I gave the, 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 the realtor instructions as to, you know, to get into my house and where to find the title. He found the title, took it to her the week that they had to now submit it to the title's office because I don't like a lawyer holding on to my title because I know lawyers are in Jamaica, are in many nations, but I know in Jamaica. I know they may be the same in many nations or worse, but I know they may be in Jamaica. Not my lawyer, my goodly, goodly, goodly lawyer, the initial one, but because so far, awesome, but I know generally the reputation. We hear about the Sonia Jones, we hear about the with the other lady named, the one that they say robbed, Mavado. Can't remember her name right now. Right? So anyway, and that's just, and there are many lawyers, and you, even the lawyer, and the other, there's a lawyer involved in this case, that when you Google his name, he was involved with a fraud charge, but apparently they found him innocent. So anyway, um, the lawyer, first there was, 
delays in what was happening with us getting the signed contract back from the buyer. They said it had to do with COVID and that he was in Canada. I didn't know the buyer at the time. But the guy was doing everything because he wants a piece of property. It's a beautiful property that overlooks um, St. Anne's Bay area, um, Draxall area. It, is, it overlooks how, how it gets, you get a good view of all these areas. St. Anne's Bay, Draxall, into Miami Bay. Are you selling it? Why I'm selling it? You know, that's another story. But I don't, uh, the building city, trying to build a house in Jamaica, it, that's another story. I mean, I have a friend right now building a house down in Plantation. And I, hope, and I know we'll enjoy it because that guy, if he builds a touch hut out at sea, that's going to be the most popular spot in the ocean. You'll be flying over it and see layers of boats, of yachts, just surrounding is the touch hut. Uh, he's that kind of guy, very charismatic, very and, um, magnetic in terms of people, easygoing, nice guy, good, good clean-hearted guy, fun guy. I remember when we used to go in Atlanta with him and hang out, and, and whenever we're going to parties, is when we're going to the party, the people, we'll be going to the parties at 2 in the morning, 3 in the morning, and when we're entering the parties, the people are like, oh, so-and-so is here, party's going to start now. I remember we were at a New Year's party in Atlanta back in 2000, I think it was 2002, 2001. And at that time, Ludacris, I think, had a song out that till 8 in the morning, something about welcome to Atlanta, where the, 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 and the, the, welcome to Atlanta. And it was party till 8 in the morning. And I remember we were at a party till 9 in the morning. <laughs> I mean, 8, 7.30, me and my wife wake up and we're like, we, we, we can't, can we go now, please? Because <laughs> we hadn't driven, so we had traveled with my virgin. I'll never forget it. In the, in the Navigator back in the day, the Lincoln Navigator. And we roll up in the Navigator. And that's all we used to do is VIPs. And I remember he would take me to this club in Atlanta. And there was his cousin with P. Diddy in the VIP area. And man, and I come in and they were like, fresh off, you know, the heat is still in him. That's me, the heat is still in me because I just come from Jamaica. Um, but that was a kind of flow. So my buddy, is building a house in plantation. And he had actually asked me while I was living next door, while I was staying next door at my other place for the past three, four months earlier this year in Jamaica to go over to his site and inspect it and on a Friday on a pay bill day for me to make sure that the, what he's being charged, the men had actually done the work. So they would do a thing called one down and two down, which I learned that terms, it has to do with how the mason man put on the layers of rendering on the wall. One down, I guess, is the first layer and two down is the second layer. And, you know, I would have to measure how much he did and he charged per square foot, I think. And I would go with that piece, painting and paint out what so they can't charge again. But then his cousin was there and my job was to verify his cousin's number. I didn't like that because then I come in like I'm the guy who is overlooking his cousin's shoulder. I didn't like that, you know, because you can't have a man with him because you don't know to be blood, to be 
the man who you're telling them, that's the man. You know, but I didn't like that. I felt cute about it. I said, when I say I didn't like, I didn't like the position because the cousin might feel a way. So, you know, and they actually end up falling out. I had begged for the cousin at one point and he said, boy, it's, all, it's because of you where you got a chance, you know, no, but no, you feel me. And I said, all right, boy, can't beg for him anymore. Because there was talk about material being pilfered. And that was why I don't like building. No matter who you trust, you're going to get robbed. Because the amount of cement I see they do and still screw it up. What they would do, you know, when they're building a wall, instead of they catch the wall square, I see man using them eyes instead of using equipment and any kind of measuring. He's just looking with his eyes and saying, that looks square. And I'm like, that don't make sense. You have to actually, you know, use something to catch the square, the 90 degree. You can't be using your eye with a, with a, back, with a cup of a white rum in one hand. You have your white rum in one hand and you're, you're taking a sip of the white rum and looking to see if the thing's square. And, say, and then saying, yeah, man, that's square. Put up the column, pour cement. So my body lost a lot of money. You know, and, and then the guy doing the one down, two down, they are trying to straighten the wall with cement by doing, you know, they're trying to straighten the wall now by putting on the extra layers of cement to get it straight. So now instead of having a inch, a half inch of cement, you'll have all three inches of cement on a wall. It's starting at one inch at one side and by the time it gets to the next and it's three inches just to try to get the wall square. Remember though that even if you get the inside square, the outside is still off. No, you have to chip off on the outside. <laughs> so it was, it, 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 it screwed up. It screwed up. He spent so much money. I remember I, I would even go to the, 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 um, the, 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 the hardware and pick up pipe and stuff for him and strap it down on my truck. I had bought a Land Cruiser because I was there for a while. I missed that Land Cruiser, you know. I saw a call this morning or last night from the guy who had sold it to and two of my phones, both my Jamaica phone and my Canada phone. I called him back, but he didn't, risk, he didn't pick up. But I need to figure out what's happening there. But anyway, so I would strap down and carry cement and they, were, they need some drywall, drywall um, compound and I brought some of that with my truck. But it was a lot of work and a lot of headache and I see the stress. <coughs> Sorry. And I see how people become dependent on him for everything. And even myself got caught in it. Because I see even one of his guys calling me the other day. I need to drink some water, I feel coffee. Hold on. All right. I couldn't make that big cough get recorded. You guys would be like, you got to go to a doctor. Just kidding. <laughs> so anyway. Um, yeah, so you don't want to get, and you get caught in these things, no matter how nice you are, because a house I sold, I told his guys, uh, you know, they can go over there and take the furniture, because the buyer didn't say they want the furniture, which ironically is after I spent 60,000 Jamaican dollars to move some of the furniture to another house in Kingston. The buyer, my agent called me up, Another agent calls me up and says, um, the buyer is saying they went to the house and there was no furniture there. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I wanted them to keep the furniture. I would have saved myself $60,000 plus headache. No, they wanted the furniture. 
They had, but there's, nobody said anything to us. But nothing more than they wanted the furniture, but they didn't want to say it because they didn't want it going to the deal because they thought it would have cost more money. Or probably would have stand up on my money, which is true. I would have said, give me $2,000, $3,000, $4,000 more. You understand? I would because I would have won. I bought it with furniture in it, so I, didn't have a pr I wasn't going to lose much. I was just going to transfer those furniture to them. But I would want back some money for the bed that I bought when I was there earlier this year. I bought a new bed because my wife says she's not sleeping on no old bed, <laughs> no, nobody's bed. So I had to buy a new bed. And I bought a living room set because the previous owner had taken his living room set. And what else I bought? That was it. Bed and living room set. So it wasn't more than $2,000, $3,000. So a little bit more, well, $4,000. So I would have probably taken four, dollars $5,000 from them. But anyhow, I told the guys who were working on my buddy's site building his house that they could, I will tell my buddy that he can let the guys take some of the furniture from out of my house for their homes. Because you know, these are guys, so far as, so to speak, as Lorry Guns call it, from Mobile, those places. So I said, yeah. Man, them, they went in and I, there was this big six or eight chair table. They gone with that, not a problem. I wanted them to take that. Took all the beds out the room. And I changed an AC unit for like 150,000 Jamaican dollars, 170,000 Jamaican dollars. I changed the AC unit and the master bedroom to a, eight, a new inverter one, for one that um, has one that burns less current. And I put the whole one in the back of the yard and the, 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 comp the fan unit outside and the the actual unit, the blower unit inside in one of the closets. One of the guys asked for it. I said, yeah, you can get it. Only to realize when I went down there the other day, because I had to fly into Jamaica quickly, that they left the old AC unit and took out the brand new one off the wall, disconnected it from the wall, pulled the pipes out through the wall, pushed a hole in to the wall to block the hole. Took the brand new ATL unit, so much so the, new, the buyer said, what happened? I'm like, I don't know. I mean, the guy is supposed to take the old one, he ended up taking the brand new unit out the wall. I'm assuming that, that they are the ones who did anyway. Take the brand new unit out the wall. Not only that, they took the shelves out of the closets. So they didn't just, <laughs> they took the actual physical shelves out of the closet. That, that, is what, that is what hurt me because who does that? Who takes shelves out of a closet? I give you everything. I say take stove. I gave them the stoves. I gave them... Um, I kept the fridge, that's why I paid the $60,000 for them to bring down the fridge, a washer dryer, the bed that you bought, and this living room set to Kingston. But I gave them the stove, the built-in um, microwave they took, uh, my tools, all my tools, and then I had to <laughs> borrow tools when my vehicle wouldn't start when I went in in September, which was last month. I had to borrow tools, <laughs> ironically. They took the cameras, and this, that's another part that hurt me. 
they were taking and disconnecting the actual hardwired cameras from out the house. I said, no, you can't take the hardwired cameras. You can take the no, the wireless ones, but not the hardwired ones. Maybe they didn't know the difference between the hardwired ones and the wireless ones. But the point I'm making is that that kind, and then on top of that, they're calling me when they need the money. So despite everything I've done and given, they still, when things off, they're going to call you. And, then, and it's good that it, when it can help. But what happens when that stops? It can cause contention. It can cause an argument. You can catch each other on a bad day, and that can escalate into something detrimental. And all that started is that is because you are building a house. You're establishing a relationship with people who know you have to trust them somewhat. Even if you're paying them, you still have to establish some trust. And that is why, one of the reasons why I don't want to build in Jamaica. Because I don't want to have to engage that deeply with people because it can lead to problems. I've seen where my brethren and his cousin fall out. And they are heavy people. They are both people that with heat who, who can defend themselves. They talk about clansmen and these gangs. These are guys who, these guys don't mess with. <laughs> well, they mess with one of them still, but it's, it's, it's heat for heat. Right? And they're falling out with each other. So, and I don't want to be a part. When I say to, I even say to my brother, I said, Virgin, I don't want to be, I don't want this guy to have me up in my brother. I don't, have the, I don't, I don't, I don't deal with them things anymore. I don't, don't want to be a part of that. And he's like, don't worry, man. So and so know the kind of heat I have, you know. Can't trouble you. I'm like, and if you trouble you, no, him no say the heat will come down on him. I say, yo, but by that time, I don't get trouble already, Virgin. By that time, that not, that's not going to help me <laughs> if, if, if me already in, in, in that with him. I don't want that. I, I, yo, at this stage in your life, you know, you're looking to exit certain things. You're not looking to enter certain things in life, you know. At this stage in my life, I'm not entering into any new or uh, old realms, you know. I'm exiting those realms. I've, I have exited those realms. And if you were in those realms, at this stage, you should be exiting. But you're not going to get into that bullshit. Right? So that is my thing. So to go build a house now. And I don't know how I'm going to deport myself. Because I do have a short temper. Just like my ancestor, I guess. I do sometimes realize that my temper just get the best of me. And I'm not. Like so, somebody bullshitting you. And you don't. You, I'll go there. I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to lose my temper. I'm going to be nice and cool. I'm going to let them win. And the person come, I just find that you just start move like freaking Godzilla, like King Kong. You start pull like, like you start pull off a uh, Denzel Washington. King Kong ain't got nothing on me, kind of thing. Yeah, and, and people them surround you, and you're like, you know, and you don't have the power. Cause the, the people, the people got something on King Kong, right? So. The king and Kong as you want to be, the people ain't got the tranquilizer for you. It might be a 38, it might be a 9mm, it might be something, but they got the tranquilizer for King Kong. So, 
I don't want to get into that. So I think about it, I don't want to build a house. I'm going long, but I just gonna say, cause I have to jump off soon, cause I think I have a one o'clock appointment. But, so I'm gonna have to do this in three parts. But the point I'm making though, is that I gave this lawyer, I sold the land and I gave this lawyer the opportunity to prove herself. 30 day closing, we signed it March 23. I am now in October, today is October 24th, which I need to go vote also, so I need to carry my ID. Well, I always have that on me. October 24th, and I still haven't smelled the money. And I have since then tracked down the buyer, and we speak on the phone, and the buyer informed me that he sent all his money to the lawyer there in Jamaica. So the lawyer there in Jamaica is sitting on his money, which is really my money. And how he actually got the property, and I saw that. He had sent as proof of funds a house that he was selling in Canada. And back in March, April was the peak heat when the market was red hot. And he was selling his home for over a million dollars. I think it was like 1.4 mil. So he was just taking some equity and plunking it, plunking it into Jamaica. Right? And that's the reason why I ever took the cash offer. Because I wanted to see... Is, is because the social fund I knew was reliable. He has closed since then. So when I saw the thing, it says closing April something something. He, he just said a day, he and I was talking, and he was like, Boy, you know, I even closed my, my house and still can't close this one. I said, Yes, I don't understand. I thought that just as we closed yours in April, I was, we we're going to close mine in May in Jamaica. That didn't happen because why? I didn't get to it. My lawyer that I've looked out for, this new lawyer, not my lawyer, but the person representing me, my case, the, on the sale, the one that I stepped out with. So I stepped out on my actual lawyer with a new lawyer because I said I wanted to give a lawyer that looks like me some of the business. She has done nothing but made mistakes. So first, and lied. First, she was supposed to have engaged the developer because the developer had put a caveat on every property in the community based on the fact that he wants to make sure that nobody is able to sell or owe any maintenance i told her that you need to contact the developer to ensure that the caveat is dealt with before you go to nla before you know whatever you need to do it's going to be dealt with at nla but you need to make sure that you, 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 you do what needs to be done to make sure that when it goes to NLA, it's a smooth transaction. So whatever NLA needs, National Land Agency, that's where land titles are, needs to make sure that you make sure that you do it. You're going to have to engage the developer. Talk to her a couple of days. She said, no problem, no problem. Talk to her a couple of weeks or a couple of days after. She did it, and I remind her, she did it, and it's not a problem. It's taken care of. So I'm like, okay, fine. Only for her to try to register it and say it's bounced because of a caveat and the caveat didn't show on the title. I said, the caveat is not registered on title. I told you that there's a caveat there. And you said, you're, she do not remember that conversation. I said, here's the text. <laughs> right? She, what she did when I show her these, the, the, the supporting, she get aloof. She get defensive and aggressive and she is like I can't, I can't, there's nothing I can do to communicate with her in a civil manner 
because she don't want that. She just faced, it's like, I diss the program and right now she's just going to deal with me a certain way. So I reach a point where, so that bounce, it bounce because Tides office says, no, you got to cave it, you got to deal with it. Now we're scrambling. I had to get involved, get the, 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 the contact the, the, um, the developer. Fortunately, I know the developer very well because I had sold a couple of his properties and I rolled back now. When people say Draxall, I'll develop. They're going after. <laughs> we saw that before it started because what had happened, we had gone down to Jamaica in 2020, September 2020. I had bought a property out in Tower Isle. Again, sight and scene, it was a divorce situation, so I had bought this piece of property from a divorcee. Beautiful piece of property, beautiful view, and only four lots one, two, three, four lots in a little gated area because the person I put up a gate because they owned all the lots, the husband, but now he and the wife divorced because the husband hooked up with a local girl, one of twin, who she called the wife who lives in California and said, you need not come back to Jamaica. I got your husband now. <laughs> so they divorced. I got the, 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 a nice piece of lot that came out of the settlement. Got it cheaply through some contacts. But my wife didn't like the area because there was an unfinished house on the, on the lot up the hill behind us. And she didn't like, I said, I can build a high wall, but that didn't convince her. Also, she didn't like the idea of being so close in that little four lot community with these folks, which I don't think they would have been bad people, you know. But you know, the fact that one lady take away the lady husband and these ladies probably look a little bit like there were some there were light skinned Jamaican ladies who twin who clearly know how to use that to their power, as we were talking about earlier. They were light skinned, dark skinned situation. And um that to their advantage. And my wife just she, and my wife isn't unsure of herself, but she just don't like close quarters with people. Cause my wife is amazingly, and she amazingly ex exceeds their beauty. You understand me? Exceed it. That's, that's, I mean, exceed beauty and attraction. They couldn't even walk into her shoes. And they're not my type either, because I have a kind of type too. And they're not my type, so she wouldn't even have to worry. But at the end of the day, you never know, right? She don't like close quarters. Um, we had a neighbor down the bottom, uh, Marv, Marv, Marvelous Marjorie, Marv, can't remember, but Marvelous something, is a M word. She's a British expat. It would have been nice to be her neighbor because she's an old lady who just seemed very marvelous, very nice. But my wife just didn't like that spot, so we sold that while we were down there and started looking around and she liked the spot that... I'm selling now also <laughs> because um, it was nothing around and newer, so to speak. And yeah, it was nothing around. I'm, I'm closer up to the whole Ocheria situation, more into that corridor. Because remember, Tower Isle is a little bit off the whole. It's past Ocheria. She wanted to more be 
on the other side of Ochoa is going to Montego Bay. So we sold that. But while we're down there, the developer that we bought that piece of land from him showed me some other stuff that he was planning. And one of them being a, a community named Fairway. So I created this whole Fairway situation. The website, the, the, the this, the that, and started marketing it for him. All the marketing stuff, the real marketing. There are some marketing, but it's very passive. But I, do, I was getting drones flown out there, sending out videos and stuff. And Fairway is now one of the most sought after developments in Jamaica. In fact, we started them listing at 265. They're now selling without the first person even get a key for 365 US and more. Some probably can get over 400,000 US for them now. I'll keep myself in the butt another time. Although I'd bought one, but that's another story. Um, so I know the developer and know him very well because I've had this running relationship with it, this ongoing relationship with the sales when I brought people in. In fact, right now there's a family from Canada, husband, wife, and four children who are probably still renting in Draxall Manor because they're waiting on the home to be finished. And when I told even the developer the other day, he said, yo, you know, so-and-so, and, -so, and he said he felt bad when he saw the message because he had just fired his contractors, there you go. He had just fired his contractors because I let him down. But he's hiring a new set and they're going to take over the, the, the thing. Cause he had, I had a project manager and everything so that um, it would take some of the pressure off him. But now that he saw that the contractor wasn't, that the project manager wasn't doing the thing right, he's going to bring back his crew in and do it the way they did. Um, Jacksaw Polo Club, so to speak. So he's going to do it himself. He didn't want to do that, but when he subcontracted out, they were failing, so he has to get involved. But it's going to cause a delay, so he felt badly because this guy had left Canada, packed up his family, and now living in Jamaica, waiting for the house to finish. And it was delayed. So he, the developer said he felt badly. And he, he could see the genuine, so he's a good guy, all right, as good as you can get. Anyway, I would hope, because I owe me some money, so I hope him good. So anyway, <laughs> um, what is it? What is it? So where am I? Where am I? So yeah, so I'm selling the land, though, because I, so I bought that piece of land from him. Too, so, but I'm selling, so, so with everything, make, with all the mistakes my lawyer's making, I could reach out to the developer on a personal level and say, hey, boom, bam, bam, talk to your lawyer. And they react, they react because of the relationship and they get the things to my lawyer for her to resubmit the thing with the caveat, to get the caveat eased. She made a mistake again, a second time. Something about something and they can't do it that way. So now it delayed by another two, three weeks. Submit it again, that's mistake number two, right? Submit again, the other day, boom. Because I said two weeks passed and I haven't heard. We're now in October. Boom, submit again. 
I have to be asking, oh, we, we, I didn't even get to the point. Oh, so me again the third time, make another mistake, a mistake on the farm. So it's three times the thing bounce, three times the liar make a mistake. One, two, three, three times the liar make a mistake sending the thing to Tycho's office. Three times and every time it bounces, it's probably a month. Because between the time it bounces and it get the documents back together and submit it, it's at least four weeks. And if you do the math, it's, it probably works out three times since June, July. So you have July, August, September, three months. See there? July, August, September, three months. Sorry. July, August, September, October. So that's why we're in October. Yeah, three months. October being the fourth month because now we bounce it. We're in the fourth submission. It's now been submitted for the fourth time. Early October. Where? 22nd, mid-October. It was submitted for the fourth time. Right, so do the math. Each time it bunks, it's a month, a month plus, actually. And I just sit, can't do anything. My life is in limbo because I have, I have plans, I have strategic plans for that money. Can't do anything. And time is essence, time is of the essence. Now, God has always been great to us, where even with the darkest, or even with the bleakest, or even an opportunity to see miss, somehow God has always so been so great to us that that missed opportunity needed to be missed for a bigger opportunity and a better opportunity. So that's my faith that all of this we're going through, although I can't see it and I'm pissed and I feel like my ancestor that I need to go fight a duel now, <laughs> Um, it's been done for a better up because I have not when I'm even talking these things you know, I have not created my own success you know, or our success you know. our success come from the divine one the, the divine one because we could have gone any which way we could have gone any which way but is a divine being, a power, God, the universe, whatever people want to call it. But I know my relationship with my God. And it's not no religious, zealot relationship I have. So, and, and I give anyone the liberty to call the energy that I'm referring to. Anything they want to call it. They want to call it God, they want to call it universe, they want to call it Muhammad, they want to call it whatever they, but I have a bigger being, a higher calling inside of me, around me, surround me, that will always bring success until it's time for me to transition. So I, even although this lie has frustrated me and I really want to go for my sword and say, let's go for a duel, although you want to duel a girl, so probably tell her I put her husband instead. And let me and them fight it out because that would probably hurt her more because I really, really pissed at her right now. And honestly, you know, that would probably be, you know, anyway, won't get into it. Yeah, I say, can't catch Quaco, you catch him short. Sometimes him shot better than Quaco. So, um, oh, English speaking, you cannot catch Quaco, you catch his shirt. And sometimes his shirt is better than Quaco. You know, I just realized that I haven't been speaking English for the past hour. Oh, crap, I got to run because I have 
what time is my appointment? I have it written down here. Uh, what time is my appointment today? Damn, I don't have it right down here. That's, that's last week. Maybe it's in an email or a message from them. But yeah, um, so the lawyer let me down. Lawyer of my color. You know, doing this thing because I want to do it for someone that, have, that looks like me. So sometimes we let down each other. It's a long way to say, I am very disappointed in this liar. This liar has messed up a situation. See, this other guy we're sending me, I'm looking at my thing here now. Um, this other guy that, that, that failed us yesterday. And that's another story I gotta tell about this guy who claims to be a reform. Um, he was um, found guilty and sentenced to three years in prison for something that he had done. I forgave him, so to speak. Not for me to forgive, but I said I wasn't going to judge him. And the appointment, to, to, oh, 1 p.m. Yes, I have to get out of here now. It's 1 p.m. So, yeah, so I forgave him. I, I told him I'm not going to go on the judge's side. Not only that, he's related to someone who is world famous, who was um, a world famous Olympian, who I believe was wrongfully um, um, accused or ostracized. He, he had broken the, the, the Well, he's related to Ben Johnson. I actually spoke with Ben Johnson on the phone. And I believe that Ben was wrongfully. Um, I believe that Ben was was taken to task by Carl Lewis. Ben was the right man for them to put the... to, be, to distract the media with. When Carl Lewis and all them others was taking the real, where the real drugs takers. I believe, Flo Joe, come on, Flo Joe. Look at Flo Joe. No disrespect. Flojo could run and, and beat a record in spike eel with long nails and eyelash. Who does that? Who can do that? You see how hard Shelley and Fraser and my girl, what's her name again? Sorry, I have a lot of my mind I'm trying to wrap up. Um, Heron, um, after, after to train and practice and still can't get, still can't do Flojo num numbers. Come on. All of them were Marian, Marian, what the other one named to? Marian Bell, Marian, whatever. All of them. Marian Bell, I think Marian Bell was a girl in my class at primary school. But Marian, whatever. All of these American runners back in the days were killing it with drugs. Carl Lewis, or Carl Lewis, Ben Johnson got a bad break. And Canada, love you, but you could have defended the man a little better. And Donovan Bailey, good guy, but Donovan. I understand where you're coming from. Same thing, I, I, I learned. You probably get burned just like I'm being burned right now by the liar. And just don't like how I'm being burned by Ben Johnson's cousin, which is another story. So maybe that's why people sometimes just back off. So Donovan Bailey, sorry, I shouldn't have brought in because you're probably doing the right thing. Just holding your corners, doing your investment thing, and doing your thing big man way. Because sometimes you mix up too much with us and and the sufferer situation, the sufferer mentality is not a good mentality either. But you can't forget where you're coming from, neither. I will have to be vigilant 
for it's it's a weird it's a quandary you know because you want to be vigilant for good but then you know the disadvantage that people like us face based off your own experience and you feel compelled to do something special and extraordinary for us to bend backwards for us to give somebody who look like us a chance because there's a saying that they say black men are white men are hired of potential while black men are hired of past performance or accomplishments so white men are hired are given a chance at something based off their potential or the perceived potential while a black man gets hired or given opportunity based off his accomplishments so you have to accomplish forget the, 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 the chance. But to accomplish, you need a chance. If nobody not give you a chance, how are you going to accomplish nothing? Oh, you have to go around. You have to be an outlier. You have to do things differently. You have to work harder. Or hopefully you get someone who can help you along. So I'm going to wrap up doing it now because I have to go vote. No, I have to go to the appointment first and then I have to go vote. But I want to say, that, that lawyer let me down so badly because I decided that I'm going to go for a lawyer that look more Afro-Jamaican. I'm going to give her a chance and she has let me down. So even as we speak right now, I might get a message tomorrow or so that the thing. But once again, I can't make a definite plan because I don't know where it's going. And then the buyer is just he's done with being patient. He was the most patient man because something you find a lot of Jamaicans in Canada are overseas is that especially in Canada and the UK but Canada mostly they tend to be very laissez-faire laid back hands off when they invest in Jamaica they just send the money because you buy a house for two hundred thousand dollars three hundred thousand dollars four hundred thousand dollars the house now value 1.82 million dollars so if you send five hundred thousand half a million dollar down to Jamaica to do something you're not necessarily watching that money because if it was in Canada, I couldn't do anything anyhow. Really in the bank, it would do nothing. It would actually be worthless. So you send that half a million dollars down to Jamaica. You're not really thinking about it. But comes a time when you're going to say, wait, what's happening here? And that's what's happening with this buyer. He's like, what's happening here? And I'm saying to him the other day, we spoke, I said, listen, Put some heat on your lawyer to put some heat on this lawyer that I have hired because I even got an email from the lawyer at one point that she will no longer be communicating with me. This was about three months ago. She will no longer be communicating with me until when the thing closes, I'll know. And she has instructed her team at the office not to communicate with me either. Now, I have had the director for diaspora affairs at the Ministry of, Ministry of Foreign, Foreign Affairs and Trade, a guy named Lloyd Wilkes, having him CC'd and all of this. And he's bewildered, but he can't do anything. He's saying that I can write him a complaint letter, and he, or write him a letter and he'll do them a letter of complaint. But how is that going to help? My hand is in the tiger's mouth. It's like, well, my hand is in the tiger's mouth. What are you going to do? Go to the tiger and say, hey, that prey over there is saying that, you know, your teeth scratching him. 
You tell them, you say, oh yeah, right. You know? No, I need you to open the tiger mouth, turn the tiger head so I can pull out my hand, turn the tiger around, slap the tiger on his head and say, go about your business. You can't just let the tiger on me. So I write you, I write a thing, all you're gonna do is just rile up the animal. You're not, you know, and then you're gonna go and say, hey, I did something good today. No, <laughs> you have to do something instructive, productive that helps this person along, this person along. You tell me to write a complaint that I've just given you one, you know, uh, uh, what did you accomplish this week, this, this year? Oh, well, you know, this year we did a couple of things and we even um, assisted our persons in the diaspora who were purchasing property or transacting properties in Jamaica. We assisted them in getting our letters of complaint to uh, the lawyers who weren't, uh, weren't, 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 weren't working up to snuff, you know. So, yeah, we have, we have actually, that, that goes well with the, 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 the project that you, uh, you want to promote me to, to, to take over so that I can be a secretary in the ministry and get a nice big fat salary um, um, to, um, you know, so that we start, start looking at the, uh, the legal system in Jamaica and how it interacts with um, 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 the diaspora, if it helps or hurts, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm already on that, got some experience on that. Look at this long litany thread that I'm a part of. And I'm looking there, waiting for my money. You're not helping, my friend. Help mean getting people, your resources together and saying to the lawyer, this is bullshit, this has to stop. You, this, the, you we, we gonna advocate for the diaspora right now, right? And we gonna, you, gotta, you can't do this, right? That's what, you gotta circle down Come off your IRs, ask questions if you don't know what you're doing. Because that's what I said when I said to them the other day, because they're like, yeah, we're getting this. And I hear that what happened the last time was the, the, the developer signed to, for them to release a caveat, but there was no company seal on it. Duh. So the tax office returned it saying that they need a company seal. That's what they said. I hear two different stories. I hear one that and the other one that they fill out a form incorrectly. They are now blaming, says the developer's lawyer didn't put a seal on the document. Do, 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 do. Wait, wait, wait. You get a copy of the document. You should review the document. See that there's no seal on it. And say, hey, we can't send this off without a seal. Need you to get a seal on it. You see what I mean? You don't just send it to Tiger's office. I'm not bounce again. You know that... It has to be sealed. If somebody signed a corporation, it has to have a seal on it. That's your job. So you can't offload the blame. It's your job. So at the end of the day, it's just crazy. And these are the things that I have to deal with. In Jamaica, I won't get, I know I divert, but I have to run, I have to run, go to an appointment and I have to go vote. But I know I didn't get past, and I'm going to go back over this part in Groundation where they talk about the bright skin and good ear and the white feature faces. They're going to talk about a few weeks later I arrived, there was a car accident in the countryside in which two young people from a wealthy family were killed. I overheard an elderly black woman at a Kingston bus stop lamenting the deaths with her friend. What a sad thing here, she said. And the two of them so nice and white. <laughs> All right, so we will get into barn for dead. Let me just bookmark this. 
And I'll have to decide how I'm going to name this. This is more coming like a diversion than an actual chapter read, but looks like it's a chapter. So what do I do? Eh? Bookmark it with me. me. Losing lot of ticket. All right. So one love. Bless. I am out.